0: Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata.
1: It's the greatest
0: show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. It's the world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman, sports. Yeah. Man.
2: sports. Yeah. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata.
1: Spectacular. This is the
0: greatest and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. See, it's the greatest radio show ever. and
1: I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning and happy Friday to all you Valley sports fans. And if you just heard Jared Carlin's update, hey. you know we are out of the gate like Secretariat. Hey
0: there. Guess who it is? Like secretary. You top, know, we you know. should we should get JJ Watt in here to do the update. but but but
2: but 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 well you know it's it's one of those things that and and I do this with the sports kebab too. It's like I feel like not acknowledge it. Some people have strategies like if you screw up, just move on like nothing yeah, happened. You can't do that. No, I think <laughs> you can't do that. I think I should have. No, that. no,
1: it's listen. This is not is, my. It's, it's not my normal thing. Yeah. Uh, listen, I totally get it. You got a lot of things that are your things. I'm not quite sure what they are, but <laughs> updates are not those things. Well, I'm doing hey, a lot of um, things today, so we'll no, see. No, I know if any of them This are. is gonna be. This is gonna be quite a. This is gonna be like a, a flight in a single engine plane today. This is what this is going to feel like. It is April Fool's Day, first of all. So beware, all you sports fans, about the random rogue tweet
2: from somebody looking to go viral. First of all, (laughs) check the spellings on Schefter, on Wodronowski, (laughs) Uh on Uh Rappaport. Uh And and above that up, beware of misleading headlines and misleading tweets by actual people Uh with check marks. Cause I hate April Fool's Day.
1: It, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. I do because... not like.
2: I I like what is is. I don't yeah. like being tricked.
1: Right. Ha <laughs> ha. April Fools. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, there are a lot of people in golf who who don't know how they're going to react if Tiger Woods releases a statement today saying he's going to play in the Masters. Will it be legit? Will it be
0: an April Fool's joke? When I, when I was a kid, Johnny Morris, our local sportscaster, actually did a sportscast that the Bears had traded Walter Payton for Terry Bradshaw, oh and, it, and it left me in tears. Oh, I bet and it left an indelible mark. Actually, that might not have been a bad trade at the time, but still, though Walter Payton that was would have my never hero. Never been a good trade. That would have never been a good trade.
1: <laughs> By the way, that voice. Uh, uh, forgive me, my bad. That voice. Right That's here all is right, Tim pick. Ring. That's all right. Who's filling in today for Vince Morata? We do not have Sarah Kazell. so this is what I said. When I feel like we're on a single engine plane, this yeah. is
0: kind of what I'm talking about. But I like when Jarrett does the updates because I, I, it only makes me me sound better. Right, it makes his own sound better. coming out of the gate yeah, after it's, it's, after the update. It's placing the bar directly on <coughs> ooh, right there. it's, right. it's, it's right
1: placing there, the bar directly um, on the
0: floor. But, uh-huh, but
1: but all right. So one last thing before we get into the splash. Did you see Will Smith? The baseball player was booed in spring training yesterday, at Surprise Stadium. I was, was there. You were of all,
2: believe it or not. Isn't that amazing? What? Yeah. How weird is that? Isn't that that is weird? What a schlep, by the way, to get that surprise. <laughs> Jeez, Jared Carlin on the scene. He's <laughs> so, everywhere. I didn't. So boo. You, you didn't boo, but you heard the booing. Yeah, and it was it's just, funny. It was funny. It was a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Because he's a catcher for the Dodgers and yeah. not the guy that slapped Chris Rock.
2: Right. No, he's not. No. Then he'd really have something if it right. was the same guy.
0: <laughs> people people are so disgusted with Will Smith's that, performance the at the, name, ad, yeah. the house. The, I the, know. Anybody with the name is now right. right. sullied right. it. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start the show, Jarrett.
1: Keep your fingers crossed, Tim. The Splash. Splash. The stories making
0: waves in the sports world. The, the Splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com.
1: All right, my splash is going to be a little different than Vinny's. Vinny tends to get all encompassing with the splash. I'm just going to paint some broad pictures. Stuff is happening. Let's move on. Stuff is happening. The Suns (laughs) Grizzly tonight is happening. Uh, the return of Cam Johnson and JaVale McGee is happening. A chance to set the team record for most victories in a regular season is happening. Question is, who is going to be playing for the Memphis Grizzlies tonight? Have you seen their injured list? Lots of soreness. Lots of guys listed as sore. Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones. Those are all four
2: big-time minute producers. Are they, are they tanking this game? Are they punting this game? I hope not, just because this... Feels like maybe the last "quote unquote" important regular season game for the Suns to play. Yeah, Uh, they
0: clearly are punting the game. I mean, they're sitting probably everybody. I mean, that's that's what
1: they're doing. If if they're actually now, (laughs) their list is doubtful. Well,
0: but John Morant is out. John Morant is out. That's a punt. No, No, he hasn't played in a long time. John Morant hasn't
1: played in a while. And this, and they're what eighteen and two without him.
2: Yeah, this season.
1: This will be interesting. So Morant. Morant, Morant, Morant. <laughs> right. Suns Grizzly. Tonight, we'll get into that all morning long. The NFL free agency continues another splash signing for the Los Angeles Rams. Bobby Wagner, five-year deal worth between 50 and $65 million. The bigger question is, where is the Cardinals' money? What did they do with it? They bought a plane. Tim, any answer? <laughs> they bought, they did they bought buy a plane. plane. Yeah, they did buy a plane. <laughs> they bought now, a plane. I've actually looked into the plane that they bought, and that used model of that plane generally goes for about 10 mil. I uh, got that on me. Do you? Yeah. yeah. No. So, uh, really?
2: No, I, I'm sure that's not.
1: I, I, that's uh, We once talked about this as a joke, but it might not be a joke. <laughs> that's a big capital expenditure to to, to, to pay if you're a sports team. But that, is, that doesn't affect the salary cap. It's Michael Bidwell's money. It affects, it affects everything. It affects his checking account. Yeah, it affects everything. All right, we're going to get into NFL and free agency. Uh, you Mentioning April Fools, you mentioned Adrian Wojnarowski and Adam Schefter. Did you see that ESPN yeah. re-upped with both for
0: $10 million a year? ESPN is paying those two guys Buck and Aikman, I think somewhere in the neighborhood, there might be another guy in there, somewhere around $71 million. My gracious. Yeah, they've prioritized who they've prioritized. As Vern would say. uh, $10 bucks to tweet. We had, uh, right, to tweet. To tweet. To tweet. Do they even write... Articles anymore?
1: I uh, I don't know. Adam Schefter maybe every now and again. I haven't I guess I guess they both do every every now and again, once in a while. But to break news and to tweet, wow, ten million a year. Disney's got that Marvel money, baby. Mark Schlereth was in studio with us earlier this week. That feels like that was three weeks ago, but yes, I, I was telling Tim this. This week feels like the longest week
2: we have done since we started doing and I don't even know why I know why why because we've had different iterations of the show every day <laughs> <laughs> with all people right. in and out yeah and it just feels like a lot of things have happened okay all right um what was I saying
1: oh yeah Mark Slareth is in studio and he Jared he was very interested in what was going on with salaries and broadcasters because you know he's uh, he's in that food chain he's on that food chain and he's moving up so he's looking good it's true hey I might get paid. All right, Clayton Clayton Keller underwent surgery on Wednesday night. He is said to be in good spirits. Broken leg, he's going to be out for four to six months. He had a really good season going, um, but that's going to be it for him this year, Tim.
0: Yeah, and that's a tough. Well, pun intended, no pun intended. That's a tough break for the Coyotes. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, it, and, it, and that and that look that looks scary the other night. And obviously, yeah, our thoughts are with. Yeah, yeah I don't think they're going to be a legitimate threat in the playoffs now. <laughs> no. And oh. finally, the Final
1: Four uh, commences this weekend in New Orleans. It's a very blue blood
0: kind of Final Four. And there's a lot of discussion about whether or not that's good for the game. Big. I know.
1: I, I'm not sure it is. You know what it feels like? It feels like the NCAA tournament now is the first two weeks, and then the last, and then the final week, this one feels like the college football playoff. You know, it just yeah, a little,
0: blue blood. A little bit, but I also, you know, I I, I, I vacillate on this, for, and only for this reason, before we hit the break. Yeah. People also enjoy good games, mm-hmm. okay? And, and as much as everybody likes a Cinderella You know, nobody also likes a 25-point blowout In the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Yeah. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too a lot of times with that particular situation. Everybody loves a Cinderella in the first couple rounds, but then nobody loves a 30 point blowout later on in the tournament.
1: Isn't that the truth? All right, those are the topics we are getting into when we come back. The Phoenix Suns victory number 63. Will that happen? If it does, it will make them the best regular season team in franchise history. Uh, You are listening to Tim Ring filling in. in for Vinny. I am Dan Bickley. This is Arizona Sports 98.7 FM
0: 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station Dan Bickley. It's Murata. Murata
1: Welcome back. Happy Friday to everybody. Dan Bickley alongside Tim Ring who is filling in for Vinny. Jared Carlin. Who is going to be manning the update desk all day long. And that will be a source of never-ending amusement. The Phoenix Suns back in action tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. They are taking on the Grizzlies. And this game is notable for a couple of different reasons. Number one, uh, as I said, it is a chance for this basketball team to notch regular season win number 63. That has never been done in Arizona before. They would pass a couple of teams that have won 62 games. And it's notable because tonight marks the long-awaited return of Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson? <laughs> you love that. Missed 13 I thirteen. find cons- that actual soundbite. He's missed 13 consecutive games with the leg injury. He suffered that on March 4th against the Knicks tonight. JaVale McGee will also be back from non-COVID illness. So
0: the Suns will pretty much be at full strength tonight, Tim. Uh, first of all, Bick, that must have been the worst Charlie horse in the history of Charlie horses. How about it? Right? How he about was it? deeply contused. I mean, he took a blow to the—but remember, he, he finished the game. I mean, he hit came out for winner. a while and hit the game winner that yeah. night. So, you know, whenever somebody suffers a, a bruise or a contusion and they finish the game, you don't think it's going to be that bad. Right. And lo and behold, he misses 13 games and virtually a month of action. So that 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 was always odd to me, but yeah, Bick they, they they get they get Johnson back, they get McGee back. They're at full strength. They've obviously had their starting lineup now back intact with the return of Chris Paul. And you go after that that team record for wins tonight af, uh, against what we presume mm-hmm. will be a shorthanded Grizzlies uh, team. So you yeah. know it's important for the Suns uh, to get that that win uh, tonight on the road. They also, you know, Bick, if they can sweep their final four road games. Yeah. They will set the NBA record for the best road record in the in the history of the league. Yeah. Uh they indeed. will indeed yeah they they will they will finish uh with the record of what would it be thirty six and or yeah thirty yeah thirty six and six is that thirty six really and five 30. Maybe? Yeah, whatever you're yeah, right so though.
1: They'll, they'll they'll break the the Golden the State Warriors, Warriors team. record exactly Warriors exactly.
0: record so yeah so you know I mean, and, and listen the, what, from what we know about this team that stuff is important to them now listen I mean they got go, to they, go to Oklahoma City on Sunday that'll probably be a win but they got to finish up with the Clippers who obviously are getting healthier now in the Jazz so you know that that might mm-hmm. be a tough road to hoe but yeah you know tonight uh, is going to be a big deal for them in terms yeah. of getting that win number 63 Ex-
1: especially with the team that they are playing I, I do think that this basketball team does vibe on a couple things number one I do think legacy Matters to them. And I think it yep. it matters because Devin Booker is is homegrown and he knows about this uh, franchise very, very well. And I think because Chris Paul, because these last couple of years basically have been masterpieces for the Chris Paul career. And the Chris Paul career is very extensive. It has spanned multiple teams and, and multiple playoff runs. And he's he's been a Hall of Fame point guard for quite some time. But these last couple of years really kind of paint the picture of Chris Paul in full. So so I do believe that getting uh, the most amount of wins out of the season is very important to them. I guess the question becomes when is it not important? What what do you want to do here? Do you want to keep the foot on the gas all the way to the end of the year? Do you want to go for cuz if they want to go for 68 victories, they can probably get to 68 victories. It's just a matter of whether or not that is smart strategy.
0: You know, Bick, I would say when I look at this and I look at this team, I think what's defined this team and, and what 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 really has made it part of its DNA is that they go out there to win every night. They don't give up on a game. Right. Everything is. I would say at this point in the season, let's not let's not change that. Let let's not throttle back going into the postseason. At this point. I mean, we're talking about just a handful of games, you know. So, wh- wh- why change the chemical makeup in your brain mm-hmm. in terms of just, let's hit the playoffs at full steam? If I'm Monty Williams and James Jones, that's the way I'm attacking that. Yeah, and, and I think they have the luxury to do that because Chris Paul missed a month. He got a month of rest. Devin Booker throughout the season, because of COVID and other nagging injuries, he's had rest. DeAndre Ayton has had rest. Cam Johnson now has had rest. So these Good guys point. have these guys have had pockets of rest throughout the season. You know their top eight or nine guys have not been, except for Mikael Bridges, mm-hmm. who's the energizer bunny. Apparently, these guys have had pockets of rest. It's so true. at this point, at this at, at this point, I would say play. You know, keep keep playing the way they've been playing. Don't yeah. change a thing I, heading into the postseason. It's
1: a good way of looking at it because I do think in a, in any normal year, had Chris Paul not been injured, you would look at this and go, okay, uh, we're a little bit worried about this guy because this guy is you know, late 30s, he's logged a lot of minutes, and you don't want a repeat of what we saw in the playoffs last year. But at the same time, that, this, that set of facts doesn't apply to him now. In fact, he wants minutes. He needs to start getting his rhythm. You could see it coming back. At the end of last, at the end of the last game um, on Sunday, when he made a couple of really big shots down the stretch to help the Suns win that game, I, I think when you look though, the one thing that you would, if you flipped it a little bit and said, okay, instead of worrying about, okay, is there attrition on these guys? Should we protect these guys just from what might happen? I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think that this is a this is a, a very aspirational basketball team. They've got a great edge to them now. I, I guess you just got to trust them to do the right thing.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't want them to lose that edge, and I, I, I would, I would suspect. Listen, they're, they're, you're right. There's an injury factor, but I think you can maybe manage that within games if you have a lead. Mm-hmm. You know, to get these guys out of here, maybe a little, get these guys out of the game a little bit earlier than maybe you would in a game, say in in December or January. I equate it a little bit. Uh, to the NFL. And we've seen this time and time again, not always, but, you know, teams that have already clinched the number one seed. And there's always that, that week 16 in the past or not, you know, now week 17. You know, do you rest these guys, rest your starters, and then give them an extra week? And then you have the bye week. And then you come back and you play that first playoff game. And we've seen countless times where it's too much rest. And then teams kind of lose their mojo a little bit, and they play a god-awful football game in that first game back in that in the playoffs after taking you know a couple of mm-hmm. weeks off instead of just the bye week. And I, I would just hate for the Suns to kind of lose their rhythm yeah. and lose their mojo because they pulled back the reins late in the regular season, and they got to fight to kind of get that back in the
2: first round of the playoffs. There's just also something about no one on this team has the mindset of punting a game. Yeah. Like it would be whether it's for the big picture or not, I just cannot see any of these players voluntarily sitting out a game that might cost them a win. Yeah. Even though the wins don't mean anything now, right? But, and but we 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 see how they play in in all these games. And isn't it a shame that
1: because that is so rare in the NBA that we are being critical of the Suns for a decision they might make to play every game? I, I mentioned this yesterday. I, I know that the Suns outside of Phoenix are not that popular because Chris Paul, Paul is a polarizing guy. Not everybody digs Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, JaVale McGee. These are polarizing players that uh, opposing fans don't necessarily dig. But I look at the Suns and I look at that that, that trait of theirs to to want to compete every night there's a basketball game on the schedule and and say, that you know, that used to be champion. You and I are both from Chicago. And the thing is, whenever that LeBron-Michael Jordan debate always comes up, it's, it's if you live Michael Jordan, you knew he'd rather put an ice pick in his ear than miss a basketball game. And that used to be virtuous. That used to be noble in the NBA, not something to be criticized. Like, oh, are you doing the right thing? Sure you shouldn't load manage a little bit.
0: There's no question about it,
2: and it, it also though like maybe it factors into the fact that last year a lot of people point to a, one of the reasons the Suns made the finals is because they were quote unquote the most lucky, mm. the most healthy team through the playoffs. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. And <laughs> well, I got to you're 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 right, Jared, and, they're, they're, and here's the problem with that. That analysis from last year is absolutely correct. I mean, you, it, it doesn't take away from how good the Suns were last year, but one cannot disagree with the fact they caught breaks along the way with their opponents missing key guys. I mean, it, it's just factual. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean the Suns didn't deserve what they attained. Last year, I think the biggest problem with the national perception of the Suns and I think it, it might have been you and Vince talking about this earlier in the week. The Suns just la- they lack the MVP megawatt star. And in the NBA, historically speaking, that's the kind of guy you need to have on your team mm-hmm. to win a title, except for the great, you know, Pistons teams maybe of the early 2000s. Uh, that kind of did it as a team and, and with great defense, uh, and even the Pistons teams, maybe the '80s. Although uh, you know you can argue Isaiah Thomas, but but generally speaking, you just you need that megawatt MVP caliber player, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and just like we saw ultimately last year, the Bucks won that series because they had Yattis. Yeah, and, and 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 ultimately in the NBA, when it comes to the finals, the team with the best player is going to win the championship. That's always been sort
1: of the the, and, the 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 sort of the breakdown of it all.
0: And and I think and I think the general public and NBA fans around the country kind of think at the end of the day, the Suns just don't have that guy, and therefore, when it comes to crunch time come June, somebody else is going to win that that series because of that.
1: All right, stop me if you've heard this before. The Los Angeles Rams have made another splash in the Cardinals. Crickets. We'll talk NFL free agency next. Tim Ring, Dan Bickley, you're listening to Arizona Sports, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Leader. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Happy April Fool's Day to everybody. April 1st here. Another year just... April. Holy yeah. Yeah, As we said at the start of the show, beware of erroneous, misleading, malintended tweets. like like, really?
0: Like Bobby Wagner to the Rams. Oh, that was a good one. That came a day early. That's funny. Like, they're going to
2: get another guy like that. (laughs) What do we see out there? Jared, is things. It's hard to say because. Okay. But, well, there's a story that people thought was fake, but it is true that uh, baseball umpires will now be mic'd up during games. Yeah. So they could announce. You know, when they review plays, they can announce their decision, stuff like that. So that was
0: one that was people were were saying because making the out signal or the safe signal wasn't good enough. You have to say out oh. uh, the Browns, safe. <laughs> Browns tight end
2: uh-huh. David Njoku. Okay, he, how did ever Joku. Said? Yeah, okay. he tweeted that he's seeking the trade. Oh, okay, and then Rappaport followed up. Here's the real update: they're actually working on an extension. Oh, okay. So so nonsense. The as Tim mentioned, though the Bobby
1: Wagner to the Los Angeles Rams is indeed true. The former star linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks stays within the division, which is quite something. And he signs a five-year deal with the Rams. $50 million, it, it, Who knows with the numbers? The, the, this stuff is always just sort of a template or a guideline to what the deal actually is. But the bottom line is this. The Rams cleared out more money. Some people say it's ridiculous money, but they're bringing in another big-name night name guy to the mix. Now, they've done that with Allen Robinson, bringing him in as a wide receiver to replace Odell Beckham Jr., who we assume will not be re-signing there. And now they've brought in Bobby Wagner to help a defense that has lost Von Miller. But that's about it, right? They've, they've had a couple of guys sign elsewhere, but I'm talking about their, mar- was, yeah. their marquee stars. All right, so so it leads a question to why, how can the Rams keep finding money and what happened to the Cardinals' money and what are they doing? Well, Do you have any
0: thoughts on that? Well, today? I—, I, I... <laughs> Well, for the Rams, I mean, the salary cap obviously can be manipulated. You just keep redoing contracts, and you kick the can down the road. And the idea is signing bonuses. Yeah, and the idea is for Les Snead uh, to put the best football team possible uh, on the field, and he intends to do that. He doesn't doesn't value draft picks. He he values guys that that can play and play right now and, and win football games. Uh, you know it's a little bit like the way Pat Riley has approached you uh, know the, the n b a in the miami with the miami heat mm-hmm. like I, I i you know give me let me let me find out who can play and I'll go get them and I'm not gonna worry about you know question marks coming out of out of college in the draft and in terms of the salary cap listen we will we'll, we'll figure it out uh but a guy like Bobby Wagner you know if you look at the real numbers here Vic, mm-hmm. you know, the the He's been around a while, but Bobby Wagner's not, he's not a fossil now. I, I mean, listen, you look at Aaron Donald, you say that guy's in the prime of his career, right? Bobby Wagner is only 11 months older than Aaron Donald. Uh-huh. I and mean, there's a lot of gas in that tank. And not only that, now he's and mad. A,
2: and a, <laughs> and
0: now he's, he's the, mad. Right, and he's in now, the same division. Yeah, and, and now, now there's some in, fury and there's right, some right. some anger <laughs> and there's I some mean, stuff. He, uh, he missed... You know, I I did a little homework on this just because I wanted to see, like, okay, he's declining. Well, yeah, I mean, they talk about his impact plays last year. I mean, listen, the team stunk, you know. So Uh obviously, you know, nobody had a lot of impact plays. But individually, yeah, he missed a couple games at the end of the at the end of the year. I think he played one play, but he. He had, a, he had a career best heart but and 70 tackles. He's a, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's, a, he's going to the Hall of he's Fame. He's a Hall
1: of Fame player who's going to be very, very motivated. And so, so yeah, and again, it's, it, it speaks to there's a difference between
2: star players and not star players, particularly in that market. Yeah. And here, well, see, the bigger picture thing that I look at with this mm-hmm. is that it's when it, the Rams have decided that when they lose someone, they need to be replaced. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean it, it sounds it sounds so it's a, it's it a, a fashion, simple, yeah. fascinating concept but right. it, but it it sounds simple and it sounds like I'm I'm making a joke of it but mm-hmm. but like this is the team that won the Super Bowl and they lost Von, Von Miller was only on the team for half the year anyway uh-huh. but they lose a you know it's not the exact same kind of player but but they lose a a big player on defense like Von Miller mm-hmm. and rather than saying like well we won the Super Bowl we have a lot of guys a lot of talent on the team they said no, we need to replace that with another star so that we can keep being a top contender. Right. And that's the thing that's most frustrating, I think, to Cardinals fans with this offseason is not only are they losing talent, they're not replacing that talent. Well, yeah, when Les, when, when Les- they were even in the point, unlike the Rams, where they needed mm-hmm. to upgrade mm-hmm. talent and they haven't done that. Right.
0: When Les Sneed needs a car, he goes to the 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 Bickley's Chapman BMW. He does. Right? He doesn't go to the used. He doesn't go to the used car lot down on the corner, looking for a deal. <laughs> he goes. He goes. Hey, he goes and drops Bickley's name at the exactly. At the, at
1: the just like everybody should. Exactly. <laughs>
0: there you go, Bick. Now you, you owe me. one. Well done, you're, you're, man. You're, well you're, done, Ray. Your guys. Well do. I'm, done. I'm going down there after this show. I'm good. Ready to get a lease. Um, good. That's good to know. No, but seriously, like you listen, we we want to get the best players possible, and I know we have to swing this back to the Cardinals and. I know you and Vinny have been talking about this ad nauseum, Beck. I I, I wish I had an answer. Yeah, the, the only thing I can think of before I toss it back to you is the, is that the the Cardinals must think we were ten and two, and all of our issues stem back to. Point back to DeAndre Hopkins getting hurt. Yeah, that's remarkably simplistic. But I'm not. I think not saying, you're right. I'm not saying hey, the, the, well, they're right for thinking that. Yeah. And we're, and listen, we yeah, we lost Kirk, we lost Jones. We're 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 going to plug those holes in the draft. We're pointing towards the draft right
1: here. Yeah. And, and and to me, especially with a team that hasn't done that very well, so the question becomes, what, is there a strategy that we're about to see take place in the next week or so with whatever second-tier free agents are out there? And and again, I, I think to myself, what, what is going on here? Is this really something where the Cardinals look at this and go... We got this. We were right there last year, and next year we'll be right there because ten and two, ten and two is legit. And I'm not saying it's not, but let's to to look at what happened at the end of last year, and to see the way the team was sort of exposed, and to see the way the team was laughed off the field in the playoffs. I don't know how you can just go, we're good. So
2: the Rams. even if that is what they think, mm-hmm. even if they think we were ten and two, and then we had injuries, so so we can't even count anything that happened after that. Mm-hmm. Even if that's what they think, they lost Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Chandler, Chandler Jones. Jones, Jordan Hicks. They lost all Chase these Edmonds, ch- Chase Edmonds, these key contributors to mm-hmm. the team when they were ten and two. Right. So and they so, have now replaced them. Right. And
1: so and whoever I've seen the names of guys, second tier guys who are out there, and some of them are good. None of them are Chandler Jones. So uh, it, to, to me, this is this is something where it's either it's either they are really waiting for the market to correct and to come down, and I hope that's the case, or they're deciding we're not spending money this year, and that would scare me because the because <sighs> the Rams just won a Super Bowl, the Rams rewarded their GM and their head coach, just like the Cardinals reward, rewarded their GM and their head coach. But the Cardinals were laughed off the field in the playoff game. It wasn't even close. It was a non-competitive football game. And, and you, can, you can convince yourself, oh, it was a bad week. They were hot. We were not. The
2: matchups didn't work. And the Cardinals also have the Super Bowl champion in their division. And if you look at the AFC West mm-hmm. and what those other three teams did when they, they know they have the Kansas City Chiefs in their division and they know they have to do something about that.
0: I mean, I I guess, here, here, here's right. what here's what I here's what I have a tough time comprehending, uh, Bick, and I and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. And I, I I I've told everybody on these on these airways for years. I I really I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big Michael Bidwill. Guy, I'm a big fan. I just he's always treated me with respect. Mm-hmm. I like what he's done with the organization, Same. taking it from where it was under his father to mm-hmm. where it is today. Uh, I just I like the way I, he holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I like the way he runs the show, and I like him as a guy. Um, I do believe that he wants to win. I do believe that he has a passion to win. I do believe in many ways he runs this organization as a football fan. I do believe that money is not an issue, although we joke about them spending all the money on the plane. I mean, I don't know what the Cardinals are worth from a, 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 a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's in his checking account. I assume he's doing okay. Yeah. So what? it doesn't line up that he does not say to Steve Keim, be hyper-aggressive. Like spend the money, go after and get the best possible players. Like look, I I, I get it. You know, like you're already spending a lot of money on DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Maybe De- maybe Devontae Adams is right. not the guy for us. But maybe a Khalil Mack would have been a guy. Uh, oh. Right? What, how why, how why, about what? it? The Chargers have Herbert on a yeah. rookie deal? Yeah. Why couldn't the Cardinals have been in the Listen, mix for that
1: guy? I'm with you. We're going to get back into the Cardinals later. Those are all very, very valid questions. Tim Ring, filling in for Vinny. I am Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Leader. Dan
0: Pickley, Vince Morata Pickley and Morata Mornings 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station Well, the basketball gods put two very deserving programs there because both of us uh, played well in four games to get here This is not somebody putting you here It's somebody earning earning the opportunity and uh, I think this will be my 98th game that I've coached against North Carolina. And, uh, you know, Roy Williams and I, uh, uh, before Hubert took over this year, we, we often remarked how lucky we were uh, to be the coaches of, of Duke and North Carolina because uh, we uh, what people have done before us, players and coaches, have really elevated this uh, rivalry to such a high level. And to do it on this stage is... Uh, uh, pretty cool that the voice of
1: Duke head coach Mike Krzyzewski in his final season at Duke could not have scripted a more poetic game
2: that's horrible oh right the First implications th- of what could happen is just horrible okay so we're gonna get
1: into this so you've got Duke North Carolina on one side of the bracket which some people are claiming is the biggest college basketball game in history which is utter nonsense yeah no Right. But but you can see where they're coming from. It's it's if Mike Krzyzewski beats North Carolina to get to a championship game, there could be no better way to get there than to beat the rival Tar Heels, especially after North Carolina whacked Duke in Mike Krzyzewski's farewell at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Then there's the other side, North Carolina, the Tar Heels. They could send him off into retirement and deny a championship game bid. That would go very, very well in North Carolina. It's a very, very, very regional storyline. It's it transcends because Mike Shishovsky
0: is Mike Shishovsky. What are your thoughts on all of it? Well, you know, it's it's interesting to me for this reason. Duke universally, universally, I I think they're a little bit like the Yankees. Or the Lakers or the Cowboys, they have their they have their hardcore fan base. But generally speaking, most people out there, if you're not a fan of Duke, you really dislike Duke, and I think that stems from you know, the Christian Laettner and our friend Bobby Hurley's mm-hmm. era. Uh, but I'm not sure people really dislike Mike Shishovsky all that much. I could be wrong. There might be some people that don't like the fact that he's won a lot of games. But here's a guy who's, by and large, I think, run a clean program and done things the right way. So I don't know if there are a lot. Listen, there's always going to be, oh, I hate that guy. But I think, by and large, most people respect Mike Krzyzewski and don't necessarily want to see him lose. I, think I agree with that. It's fascinating that these two teams, This is teams—this is without question. I don't think—you know, in college football— you can argue about what's the greatest rivalry in that sport. I don't think there's any question you're talking about the greatest rivalry in college basketball when you talk about North Carolina and Duke. And now you have the uh, rivalry meeting in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever in the Final Four, no less, as Mike Krzyzewski, uh plays perhaps his final game or one of his final two games uh, in the history of his fantastic career. Bick, I think, for one, you know college basketball has really evolved over the last 30, 40 years in the landscape of sport, and not in a good way. Uh, There was a time, and I I think young people might find this hard to believe, college basketball really, to me, uh, has evolved into a three- to four-week sport. I I don't think people really invest until after the Super Bowl, right in time for the conference tournaments, and then, of course, uh, the NCAA tournament. But there was a time... And Dan, you remember this, Jared. You may remember this. There was a time where college basketball was as big, believe it or not, as college football, and certainly as big as the NBA. Uh, players stayed for four years. You knew the teams. You knew the players. Uh, and and the and the college football ended on January first, and the Super Bowl ended the third week in January. So college football, college basketball had the main stage from late January all of February, and then obviously into March. So when was this? You'd say this probably ended thirty, I would, 30 was, college, years ago. College, college basketball in the '80s was as big and as college through football through the mid '90s. Through and, the mid '90s. It re- it really was on par with college football, and you know the NBA kind of really. Once the Jordan era took flight, the NBA surpassed yeah. college basketball. But college basketball, you know, once once guys stopped leaving or started leaving so early, or even going straight from high school, it, it just took a nosedive. And then football extended, obviously, college football extended to the second week of January, and now you know, the other Super Bowl went to the first week in February. and Now it's going to mid February. You know, so people really, I mean, it's really lost the, its way. Well, it certainly has. And what was interesting
1: about this, so Mike Krzyzewski had the press conference. We played a cut from that. Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, followed Mike Krzyzewski. So before Mike left, he looked at the media and he said, good luck with the next one. And it was people were there like, whoa, right? that is quite the troll. But look, the, the NCAA, it, it, there is so much frustration. There is a broken enforcement process. There's a rule book that is out of date. They avoided dealing with this NIL issue until Congress made them. And so there's a lot of frustration. And in the other bracket, you've got a Kansas basketball team that is st- what? Still under investigation? Yes. It, it's insanity. Insanity. Earlier this week, a couple of people in Congress introduced legislation that would give the NCAA eight months top to investigate a program and adjudicate. What are they doing? What takes so long? So so here's the question. When you watch this weekend, is there anything that appeals to you? You've got Kansas with that shadow over them but Remy Martin's playing there. You got Villanova, which has sort of become This
2: could be their third championship it's like they're in the 6 new years. Duke. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jay Wright and Villanova,
2: this is this is Mikhail Bridges you, right? What's funny yeah. What's funny also is that you are talking about the fall of college basketball and the fall of interest. This is uh four of the f- f- all four of the final four programs have mm-hmm. at least three national championships well that's and that's where i was so going, this
0: should be like a crowning moment well, for th- that's where i was going with the whole fall of college basketball thing that's why i i, I this is my opinion I mean mm-hmm. i'm right that's why i think this is actually a good year to have four heavyweights in the final four and especially an historic matchup of the greatest rivalry ever in the sport north carolina duke meeting to in make the it final feel four. big because it, because because college basketball i think needs this yeah and I
1: think it needs a storyline like this, like Coach I, K versus Carolina, with the stakes rarely being higher. Exactly. I think That's this the this, thing, though, is This is like,
0: not the year for Villanova, George Washington in the Final Four. <laughs> do but you know but, this is this is Villanova, Kansas, Carolina. This is this is Ali versus Tyson, Foreman versus Frazier, and the. I mean, this, this this sport needed something like this this year in this top. I, okay, I think I think ratings this Saturday will be as high for the Final Four as they've been in quite some time. For Duke, North Carolina, I bet it will be.
2: But if you're a casual fan, Mm -hmm. can you get invested? Can you just care about the programs anymore? In the way that that especially basketball and the NBA has become all about the stars? Mm Mm-hmm. When you no longer know the players on the so teams, hard. it's so can, difficult. Can can as a fan, just because you see the name Villanova in Kansas or no, Duke in North Carolina, no, can, and, do you care? No, it's the old Jerry. Did, yeah. It's
0: the old Jerry Seinfeld joke. We're we're we're, we're cheering for laundry, right? Mm-hmm. At and this can, point, yes. And I mean,
2: even it, in college football, you know the players are there for three years, for three and years, and starters for two years, a lot of times. So at least you know some of them, and they're much you know much better at marketing, like. The very best teams, you know, the quarterback or, you know, like their Heisman contenders and stuff. And it just feels like it's much easier to get invested in the big programs, you know, wanting Alabama to lose or, you know, rooting for Ohio no, State. It
0: helps if you actually know, like if you're, a, or, or if you're a fan of a college basketball team, it would be nice to familiarize yourself and develop some, tor- some type of fan player bond for more than a season. You know, to, to, to learn to like a guy as a player. Now, what you were saying... Follow him. As what as you were player. saying
2: about, uh, you think this is the year for the Blue Bloods? I disagree in a way, because as, as big as North Carolina Duke will be in the ratings, they were one game away from it being Duke versus St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. The ultimate underdog. It would have been the furthest a 15 seed ever got versus it the been bluest of Blue Blood. It would have been an absolute disaster. But the interest going into the game would have at least like been intriguing. I don't know. It's like I I hate Duke with all my soul. I wish it wasn't North Carolina. Like the only joy I'm getting out of it is that a loss to North Carolina would be the most brutal way for Coach K to lose. So I'm a little happy about so, that. But- you ever seen Mike
0: Jeshevski? Jared? Yeah, maybe I'll mention him later. <laughs> Do you do you have a, did I miss something? Do you have a story? No, no, no. no, 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 you, no. Hate, you hate. Duke. Jared just likes like like to make fun face. of the way he looks like. He looks like Ratatouille. Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Right. So do you hate Coach K? You hate Duke. I Hate Duke. I hate. No, I, I didn't think. ask you that. Do you hate? you yeah. hate Coach K? Why? Yes, because he, he is he, Duke. Because he's
2: obnoxious. He's obnoxious with the media. He's obnoxious as a coach. He's gotten a little bullyish. My only time I ever liked He's him. He's a little get off my lawn in yeah, his old age. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there's
1: been some incidents this tournament that have made me go, "Come on, Mike, don't, yeah. don't get like
2: that." Of the way I grew up, a Maryland fan, so Duke was their arch rival. And then my freshman year in college, U of A lost to Duke in the finals. Oh yeah, so and I love that. I love that U of A team. That was. That was Richard Jefferson. It was
1: Gilbert Arenas. It was Michael Wright. It was Lauren Woods. It was Jason Gardner. Whoa, you
2: got it, yeah. Luke Walton
1: off the bench. Yeah, and Luke Walton off the bench. And that Ederson, was a. I, I was with you sucks. on that one. I love that team. And that, oh, that Duke team. You're right. I I, I kind of agree with you. There's something about Duke that is just ew. All right, 7 o'clock hour coming up. We're getting back to the Phoenix Suns, back on the court this evening. Win number 63. Are they already the best team in Suns history? We're going to get into it next. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports 98.7 FM.